is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Hey guys, welcome to Upbeat, and thank you very much for being here and for listening in today. If you would, please follow the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. That is always super appreciated, so thank you for that. I'm excited for this episode. You know, a few months back, uh, I think it was in June, I interviewed Daryl Stinson. He's an entrepreneur, pastor, speaker, and suicide survivor. And his story, man, his story is just very inspiring, very inspirational. And his episode here on Upbeat is one of the most listened to episodes that I have. Uh, So thank you to you guys for all checking out that episode and getting it a bunch of listens. But uh, also, I had to have him on the show again. I just had to. Uh, You know, the first time we talked a lot about his story, which is, again, like I said, very, very deep, very inspirational. It moved a lot of people. Uh, And so very, very good episode. But I felt a little bit bad, I got to be honest, because Uh, You know, I try to keep these episodes under an hour and we just didn't talk about like other things that he's doing in his life. And I really wanted to have a part two episode. And so that's what this is. We brought Daryl back on the show. Very, very happy to do that. Uh, And actually, if you listened to last week's episode with Pastor Travis, uh, it's kind of funny. Daryl and Travis know each other really well. So very cool to have them both here on Upbeat Back to Back. Uh, but if you listen to last week's episode with Pastor Travis, and we talked about discovering, developing, and protecting your purpose, then this episode will make for a great sequel to that, a great follow-up, uh, because with Daryl, we talk about what happens after that and how to maximize whatever it is you're pursuing. So we get into that and a bunch of helpful and inspirational topics, uh, but we also talk about what Daryl's up to with his business, Second Chance Athletes, and his new book, Who Am I After Sports?, Really, really good episode. We learned a bunch more about Daryl. Happy to have him here on the show again. Uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Let's get into it. Daryl, thank you so much for being on Upbeats again. I appreciate it. Hey, I'm excited, man, to to come back for round two. So uh, that was the full course meal round one. Now we're going to do dessert and <laughs> coffee and whatever else is on the menu. Yeah, man. And it's, I, I got to apologize uh, to you and to the listeners as well. Um, we were talking about doing the the part two in, in August. <laughs> so we're a little bit, uh, to say we're a little bit behind is an understatement. So, but I'm glad we're getting to it now. That's okay, man. It's just like everyone's favorite movie that was supposed to come out, but the pandemic delayed the process. So <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> awesome. Well, for those of for those of the listeners who, I guess, missed the previous episode, I would definitely encourage them to go back and listen to that one. Uh, and if you're tuning in and you have listened to that one and you just need a little bit of a recap, uh, Daryl, could you just give us a brief summary of of your story and what was kind of covered in that episode? Yeah. So uh, I am originally from Jackson, Michigan. I had hopes and dreams to play in the NFL and be the best athlete of all time. Uh, and I always made that distinction because I didn't just want to be a great athlete. I wanted to be replace Michael Jordan as the greatest athlete of all time or whoever you feel is that title. I wanted my name to be said and they'd be like, oh, he's the best of all time. And I uh, worked hard, did everything that uh, I felt I could do physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially <laughs> to uh, become an elite athlete, earn the Division One scholarship at Central Michigan University. Um, and uh, 
burned my red shirt my freshman year. Um, had a car- supposed to be career ending injury, um, emergency back surgery um, towards the end of my freshman year. And instead of focusing on my education, I decided to sign a liability waiver and begged the coaches to let me come back on the field and play. I did some with some success, earned a starting position within six months after a severe back surgery, started uh, for two years, made some impact, but put my body through two years of drug addiction, pain, manipulating the healthcare system, um, and, and, and just putting my body and my mental health in bad shape. Going into my senior year, the coaches saw that the pain pillars that I was taking was thinning my blood because every time I made contact on the field, my nose would bleed. They kicked me off the team and I was forced to face depression. Um, And I didn't have the outlet of sports to deal with that. Um, A lot of people that struggle with depression have some type of outlet. Mine was sports. And when that got taken away, I had to face that darkness without my outlet. Um, And I had no other really um, mental health practices that I knew of that worked. (laughs) So uh, I got suicidal, attempted suicide multiple times. And um, I had a turnaround moment in a psychiatric unit that gave me something very dangerous, hope. And once I got that hope, my life forever changed and I began this journey of learning who I was beyond sports. Uh, from there, I got into marketing, uh, became a marketing expert, did some marketing consulting, started sharing my story as a speaker, uh, bought a home, married a beautiful wife, had three children, and now uh, just released a, a new book, Who Am I After Sports, an Athlete's Roadmap to Discover New Purpose and Live Fulfilled. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> it's just a, it's amazing, and it's really amazing to hear it back, just like a summed-up version like that. Cliff notes. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be hard to do that, to to not want to jump into all the different things that you can dissect from it. Um Remarkable nonetheless. So, and I'm, it's crazy too, like gave me chills what you just said, even in the cliff notes, how extreme the page flipped or the chapter turned because you went from potentially not being here, right? Or mm-hmm. really close to not being here to mm-hmm. now having a home and a wife and kids and a really deep passion for helping people and helping athletes specifically in that niche too. And, and None of that would be happening if you weren't None here. It. So None it's so it. awesome that you're here. Yeah. And I, I, I was listening to a guy actually this like yesterday or the day before. I can't think of his name, but his story was so inspiring. I don't know if you ever heard of the guy that jumped off uh, the bridge and lived to tell a story. He's got a mental health movement called Be Here Tomorrow. And um, man, his story is inspiring, but he said the same thing, you know, um, that he is he and I are living lives that we tried to end and to think about the impact he's making the impact I'm making is just like crazy um because when you're in the middle of depression when you're in the middle of any any hard circumstances it's really hard to see beyond your current situation into your future it's like the pain and the circumstantial challenges are so big that you can't see over it past it around it all you can see is it but if you just have faith that from people like me and, and that guy who has made it on the other side of that pain, then you know that if I just hang in there and keep fighting one more day, I'm going to see tomorrow. 
and tomorrow might not be better, but the next day might. You never know when your breakthrough is coming. So hang in there. Um, I know what it's like to face that darkness, but take it from someone who lived beyond uh, that darkness to say that there's life beyond your pain. Love it. And I loved what you said earlier too, just in the cliff notes, um, that hope was a dangerous thing, a dangerous thing to the depression, you know, uh, because it wanted to tear you down. And, uh, because you saw that hope, right? uh, you've now accomplished all these things. That's awesome. Exactly. Exactly, man. Hope is dangerous. And when you are down, um, you're tempted to feel hopeless and helpless, and neither are true. Uh, there's always hope and there's always help when you ask for it. So um, I, I I felt that way and I know what it's like and I say it with full empathy, but I also say it with full confidence that there is hope and there is help out there for you. Yeah, no matter who you are, it's not a different story, no matter how down you may feel. Everybody has second chances, you know, leading into to your, the title of your company, second chance, second chance athletes. Oh yeah. Um, I guess. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that was it. I was just going to say second <laughs> chances, man. It's really like, I always say this, like it's called second chance, but it, it really stands for another chance. Right. But another chance just didn't sound as good. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the reality is that, you know, if you count up all the extra chances I got in life, I'm probably on my like 30th, 40th chance, you know. And so I, I just tell people, uh, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is a righteous man falls seven times and he gets back up. Uh, and, it, and it doesn't matter how many times you fall, you can always rise again. Yeah. Leading into, I guess, more of a spiritual topic that's, you know, through Jesus Christ. He made it so we can essentially have unlimited chances to become better. Yeah. I know that's the good news, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, it's something that applies to athletes and to everyone. Um, but, and I don't want to wait till the very end to like, you know, Hey Daryl, go ahead and plug your podcast and, and your book. Like I want to get right into it. Like what could people, I guess, expect to find in, uh, you know, with second chance athletes with who I am after sports and with when I said yes, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's focus on the book right now because I've been getting some phenomenal responses from it. And here's what I tell people, okay? I went from a state of suicide to a state of success, happiness, significance, okay? This is how I did it. <laughs> so if you are pivoting in any area of your life, if you feel like you want to tap into your highest purpose, this book will help you do that, whether you're an athlete or not. Now, there's some some examples in there that are specific to athletes, but if you're a high achiever, it's it's really just um, applicable to anyone who's a high achiever. But I had to go through this phase of really letting go of my past, finding my highest purpose, which was like years of research and and tons of reflection and and a lot a lot of money paying for everybody's courses and books and studying. Um, and then I had to go out and achieve it. I had to actually build the life of my dreams. And now I'm at a place where I'm ready to share my process with the world. And we have been sharing it, um, you know, privately behind the scenes with athletes who we walk through, you know, their transition from sports to their next career or entrepreneurship journey. But now it's like, all right, let's share this process with the world. And people have been responding. I mean, I, I've, I've probably heard equally from people who 
are not athletes just as much as I have those are athletes because it's just it's transferable principles to success and fulfillment. It's what we all want. We want to be successful. We want to live fulfilled. And this helps you with both. Love it. Yeah, I know for one, I can relate to it. You know, I'm not an I wouldn't say I'm an athlete. I mean, I did play sports like in middle school and high school, but it wasn't my like primary focus. Yeah. Um, but I still think that athletics usually leads to a very good example so people can understand it better. Like, so if we could just like, maybe what are some of the things that athletes struggle with that they need help, you know, transitioning to, to something after sports? Oh yeah. So there's this thing called potential, right? So as an athlete, you know, if you work your hardest, you can be the next LeBron James, the yeah. next Michael Jordan, the next Danica Patrick, whatever, right? Um, if you believe you can achieve. And and so uh, there's always this potential of who you could have been, right? Um, I, I could have played at a bigger Division One school. I could have played at the next level. Oh, if I really applied myself, I could have been all conference or all American or you name what you could have, should have, would have done if you would have applied more, had a different opportunity be a different coach, a different teammate. Well, and, and, and the problem with that is, and we all know these athletes, right? Whether you're an athlete or not, we all know the athlete whose story about their athletic career keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. They go from running a 4.9 to a 4.8 over seven <laughs> next thing you know they're like faster than hussein bolt you know and they keep talking about their glory days as if it's their best days it's because they're dealing with the pain of regret and whether you're an athlete or not we all have a pain of regret anytime you don't maximize an opportunity you set yourself up to live with regret so uh give you an example <clears throat> not in the book but it'll help your listeners, right? So true story. I did a TEDx talk. It's called Overcoming Rejection. It's doing pretty good. It's got over like 275,000 views online and it gets counting more and more each day. Um, but it probably would be close to a half a million uh, or a million if I promoted it. <laughs> but I don't promote it because <clears throat> in full transparency, I'm embarrassed by it. Now the content is good, but I... To, to spare you a long drudgery story, <laughs> I was coming off of three hours of sleep because there's a lot of bad stuff that happened leading up to that. My shirt that I had on, um, I was supposed to be able to change it. I wasn't able to change it. It's like four sizes too big. It looks like a cape. <laughs> <laughs> so my appearance is embarrassing. On one of the biggest stages that I've been on in my life, I look the worst and I'm at my worst. And I hate every second. Like, I th this podcast is going to be better than the speech. Um, and I struggled with regret because I felt like I didn't maximize the opportunity. The problem with that is, is regret is negative energy. Regret doesn't serve you well in your present. Regret doesn't do anything for you but sabotage your energy, sabotage your, your, your level of fulfillment and happiness, sabotage how much of you you bring to the current world because there's still that part of you that has this regret. You got to eliminate that because life is energy, right? So what we help athletes and anyone do is how do I get over the mistakes of my past? How do I get over the potential that I could have reached if something bad didn't happen to me, if I didn't make poor decisions or mistakes? Well, here's a tip of how you do that. Immediately, you stop focusing on potential, what should have, would have, could have been, and you start celebrating accomplishments. 
you see where your focus goes, your energy flows. Whatever you focus on, that will become like a magnifying glass to your mind. So if you focus on potential, you just feel more and more regret, feel worse about yourself, feel like a failure, um, and you start to feel feelings of depression. When you start to celebrate your accomplishments, it creates excitement and energy and and tenacity. So rather than me focusing on what I didn't do as an athlete and, and, and what didn't happen on my TEDx talk, I started celebrating the fact that I had those athletic experiences. I started celebrating the fact that I made it to a TEDx stage, which is something that is more rare than even becoming an author. I started celebrating the relationships that I was able to build because I was there at the event. I started celebrating, watch this, the people who were impacted by the message. Go read the comments that are on the TEDx talk. It's inspiring. It's kind of overwhelming to be like, whoa, I'm over here in Bangladesh and your message helped me at two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh God, me? And so when I started celebrating those accomplishments, energy flows back into my life, excitement. Now I'm happy. I'm not depressed. I don't feel defeated. I want to go do more. I want to share this message with other people. And you can do that in your life. If you're dealing with regret because of what the pandemic done to you, if you're living with regret because of, of, of you know, you didn't feel like you got a, a promotion at work when you should have. You're, if you're living with regret because you feel like if you would have applied your all in that relationship, that person would have never left you. Start celebrating the accomplishments, the experiences that you have, because that's how you bring energy and excitement and fulfillment back into your life. Awesome stuff. See, I relate to it. <laughs> I relate to it. I mean, I'm just like, as you're saying those things, I'm, and I hope this is happening with the listeners as well, but as you're saying those things, I'm getting flashes in my head of like how this is relevant to me, you know? Oh and, God, yeah. And I, I was thinking about you too, right? So so like, I don't know how like real you want to get on the podcast, but- Real, real. Let's but, do it. <clears throat> so, all right. So you go viral with this McDonald's cup beatboxing. Do you feel like, how, how long ago was that? Five years ago. All right, five years ago. Could you right now in this moment, look back at that moment in your life and go, man, if I would know what I knew now, I would have did so much more with that opportunity. Yes yeah. or no? Yeah, absolutely. What would you done differently? Well, first of all, I would have jumped into podcasting sooner, but I also would have, I would have done kind of a TikTok style thing on I guess Instagram or whatever was big at that time, Facebook, short videos. Uh, and I would have just started beatboxing every single day with with different ideas. Um, whereas what happened was the, uh, you know, the video went big and then everyone wanted me to come speak and perform beatboxing at their events. And so I started getting into that, which I don't totally regret because I really love the motivational space and and podcasting and speaking. Uh, however, it, it, at this moment in time, it feels like I'm not as successful as I was five years ago. It feels like I've gone backwards and that, you know, is not a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I get it completely. Right. Uh, it don't feel good when you think about that. Now you thought about that long enough. You, I, we probably have, I probably have to do a digital hug. <laughs> 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 Let's do the opposite. What did that experience reward you? Oh, so much credibility and knowledge. You know, everyone, um, like I learned a lot from that. And also, um, like I can say things like, oh, I've, 
I've connected with this person. I've been on this TV show. I learned about what happens behind the scenes of like reality TV. Like there's so much I learned and so many people I connected with. Um, and I got, you know, a TEDx presentation from that and a whole bunch of guidance and experience from it. Already feeling better. <laughs> Listeners yeah. probably getting excited for you. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's what's crazy. But what happened? All you did was change your focus. Yeah. And sometimes we need that outside perspective to look. We need that coach in our life to be like, hey, look at the good things. Let's celebrate this. Hey, let's make these mindset shifts because that is how you start to shift your life. Now, this is like not a coaching session, but if we were to go with coaching session, I mean, there's a lot about your story that is similar to some of our processes that we walk athletes through because not only do you have uh, uh, this potential and, and, and this thing that you could have done, but you also have a platform, right? Because of that. A lot of athletes, I call it, they, they, they have automatic influence, right? People will, will follow you just because you play on the sports team. It don't matter if you ride the bench or you're a starter. Listen, I don't even play anymore. I, I still kind of look the part because <laughs> I'm tall, right? But but people still come up to me and, and ask me, do I play sports, right? And, and then they'll listen, want to follow me just because I look athletic, right? People will follow you, Parker, because of your gift. People will follow you because you had a viral video. That happened five years ago. Now, here's what I know. And this one's for you. And then we can get back to how this might apply to your audience. Matter of fact, I'll just apply it to your audience right now. One of our most underutilized resources as leaders, as humans, as entrepreneurs is our network. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I could take and I mean this with humility. I'm not saying that I'm like better or smarter than you or the, or our listeners. So it's not, that's not my point. I'm just trying to give you an example. I could take your business and multiply it with your contacts. I would just ask more. <laughs> we all have, I, I was going through my phone the other day and I was like, oh my God, I forgot the, about this person. <laughs> you know, I, for, I so forgot about this relationship that I had. We all have that. Even if you don't have 5,000 friends on Facebook, like I've got, you might have a hundred, but I guarantee you, you have not leveraged all hundred of those relationships. So what I'm saying is people will follow you, will listen to you because you have the leverage of a viral talk. And there's people who watched you, who probably made comments on your video, who you never engaged with, who I am willing to bet how much money I make for the rest of the year that if you reached out to them, they would be willing to support you because sometimes a fan in a moment is a fan for a lifetime. Boom. I love that. Yeah. Let me give you one more example in case you don't have a viral talk in case you aren't an elite athlete or weren't an elite athlete. Okay. One of the, one of my early supporters when I was raising capital to start second chance athletes was my third grade teacher. We all got those teachers who we were, they, we were their favorite or, or they remember us maybe because we were just troublesome. And now that we're trying to do something with our life, I guarantee you, teachers will support you. And they might not write you a check like they did me, but they might share whatever you're doing. They might be a listening ear. They might know somebody who knows somebody who can help you. You don't know until you have the conversation. We all have an underutilized network. And I think it's one of the hugest missing assets in people's lives. Yeah. So I guess is in regard to, you know, actionable tips, actionable steps for, for us to take, uh, myself and the listeners, if we just dove completely into that, I guarantee it would be 
enough to keep us busy for multiple days all day long for months. <laughs> and so we could, I mean, just make a habit of every single day for like 30 minutes or less, just reach out to a few people, you know, reach out in your text, your contacts, your calls, your LinkedIn, your Facebook, Instagram, just start scrolling through everyone you've ever engaged with and reach out. Yep. Get really clear on what you want and ask for help. <laughs> it's that simple. Get really clear what you want. Go through. Hey, my name is Parker King. I, I got. I don't know if you remember me or not. I got a viral talk. I've done this. I'm really trying to build my speaking career. Um, let me know if if you know anyone who can help me. Well, no, man, but I love your video. Da, 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 you know, cool, man. Have you left a review? Oh, now they leave a review. Oh, now your your ratings go up. Oh, now you get seen by more people. Oh, now you get booked on more stages. Now. You just fulfilled your goal. <laughs> you yeah. see what I'm saying? And that's just one example, man. But really, the possibilities are are limitless when you start actually implementing the strategy. So I talk about that in the book and, and others in terms of how to actually build success. Because one of the things you have to realize with the book, and this is not me like trying to promote it. This is just like me talking about the what I feel like is my genius in the book, right? Is it wasn't enough for me to be average at something. Once you reach the top 5%, which I was as a college athlete, especially division one, probably arguably three or 2% um, of an industry starting at the bottom of another one is, is no fun. <laughs> it just <laughs> isn't. I mean, it does something to your ego, your pride, all of this stuff. And so it wasn't that I didn't think that I could be successful at something else outside of sports. It's that I didn't think I would be fulfilled by anything. I didn't think I would be dominant in an industry like I was in the industry of athletics. And so when I started to transition into my highest purpose, find this different career, become an entrepreneur, I, I just could not live with like, being an average entrepreneur, being an average employee. And if that's your calling, it's okay. I'm not trying to compare, but I'm trying to tell you that these are the strategies that I've implemented in my life to raise me up to the top of an industry. Now I'm not top 5% yet, but I will be. I got somebody, I got a couple people to endorse the book who are top one percenters in this world, Jack Canfield, David Meltzer, Danny Warfield. So I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah. And I'm enjoying the journey, man. So if, if you want a higher degree of success, want to reach your fullest potential, whatever that is for you, it might not be to be a New York Times bestseller or to have the most downloaded podcast. It might just be to be a better mother, father, husband, wife, whatever. This is going to help you maximize your potential. Man, this is really good timing too, uh, because I just interviewed Pastor Travis, who, you know, and by the way, thank you. I didn't, we talked about this before hitting record. So I guess on record for the listeners, thank you, Daryl, for hooking that interview up. But um, it's going to be really good kind of progression because in that episode, we talk a lot about like how to really kind of narrow down what it is you should pursue. Mm -hmm. And then in this one, we're talking about how to maximize what you're doing, what you're choosing to pursue, you know, yeah. which is absolutely awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not at all surprised, right? Because if if anyone reads the book, I quote Pastor Travis like like seven times in the book, and and when I talk about purpose discovery, which is the third you know phase, so there's five phases in our uh, transition roadmap. Purpose discovery is the third one. Uh, I eighty percent of it is his content, and then there's another twenty percent that I learned from my own research and, and things that I had to uniquely find that worked for me. 
so it's better. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you but, what, man. The the dude's got a a knack for just finding one liners, dude. That whole episode was quotes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why his podcast is called Transformational Truths with Travis. So it's one concise truth, which is a, a, a tweetable quote statement that they just unpacked the whole episode. And so that's why I, I really like that. And so, yeah, it has a spiritual emphasis, which is, is good because we all need to develop that, you know. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I take, my book takes it beyond just that initial purpose discovery. And then how do I actually go build this thing? Um, and then when I coach people and work with them in a group setting or one-on-one, um, we start with one stream of revenue. And then what I believe is from your purpose, you can build multiple streams. Yeah, definitely. Um I don't know why this just popped back in my head, but something you said earlier, like way earlier, really hit me. And that was that you were embarrassed of your TEDx talk. Yeah. And I, so I relate to that too, because I I have a TEDx talk and I don't like it. <laughs> I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I don't like it. And I don't promote mine either. And yeah. um, I think for me, it was just mainly because I didn't, come to the stage with like a, an idea, you know, Ted yeah. is all about those fresh ideas. Mine was yeah, just yeah. like, Hey guys, I went viral, you know, <laughs> it was, it was really sweet. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to beatbox for you guys real quick, you know? <laughs> um, but you, you did something, you know, through this episode where just the focus shift, you know, mm. like you can focus on the past yeah. and what, or the bad and you can, or you can choose to focus on the future and the good. Uh, and, Pastor Travis said this in the previous episode. We talked about seasons, like not seasons, oh. winter, summer, but we talked seasons like uh, like TV shows, seasons mm-hmm. and series mm-hmm. and how to rewrite your episodes and make good episodes. Wow, man, that's good stuff. Um, I'm about to go listen now. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, so I guess moving forward with for to who we're speaking to right now, wherever they are in life, what are some things we can do to just make sure daily we're focusing on the good and making it a good episode? I, I think, and I, it's so funny, I, I addressed this in, in, in chapter, well, it's chapter three, but it's phase two, right? So it, the phases are, number one, accept, got to accept that the past is over. Number two, you have to believe. Number three, you have to discover what your highest purpose is. Number four, you have to pursue it like a champion. Number five, you have to persist, which is a lot about mental health and and healthy habits and disciplines and routines. But phase two, to answer your question, belief. I would always start with belief. When I study the lives of successful people and even my own life, the, the, the reason for their success is their belief. You look at a guy like Thomas Edison, you look at some of these people who have failed over and over and over and over again. They had this unwavering belief that there was something on the other side of their effort. So I can give you the tools, the, 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 hey, step A, B, C, here's the perfect day schedule. Here's the, how to manage your time. Here's how to set goals. Here's how you master the science of achievement. But the problem is if you don't have the belief, everything you do will be choked out by your belief. Got it. Yeah, well, and you were a good example of that too, not only with athletics and having the belief that you will be like the top of all athletics, all athletes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but also with what you said earlier too about now you're in this new space of like being an entrepreneur and stuff yeah. and you're like, I'm going to be top 5%. And you say it so nonchalantly like you're already there. You know, it's that envisioning feature and that belief that you're going to do it and no one's going to tell you otherwise. 
Yeah. And you don't get there because just because you're prideful or, or because you, you want to like, you've got to, you've got to renew your mind. You've got to frame your mind. You've got to develop your subconscious. Right. So, so, so belief. So no matter where you are in life, the question is, what do I want? And the reason why I started with belief is because some people are so afraid of failure, so afraid of rejection, some even afraid of success that they don't even believe. I'll never forget. I can't say her name. Uh, talking to a, a lady, she she was on our staff, um, and I was having this conversation with her about dreaming big. And she is phenomenally talented, but because she's had some failures and some roadblocks in her life, she dreamed once before, but she failed. Okay, and I use fail in air quotes because failure is not final unless you want it to be. I'm I'm listening to her. I'm trying to get her to believe that, like, yo, there's so much opportunity in your future, but because of her past, she couldn't believe. So I could give her the exact strategy of the science of achievement to achieve anything she wants in life, but she would never implement it because she didn't believe it was possible. You have to start with belief. One more example, because I know nobody wants to do this, 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 this subconscious work. Everybody just wants to, you know, write the business plan. Let's say I give you the perfect sales script on, on how to, to sell yourself as a speaker. Perfect. I mean, it is well-written, poetic, like you've got the best demo video, whatever, right? You have all the tools to be successful, but you don't have the belief. When you show up on the sales call to talk to someone to write you a check or send you a contract, your belief is going to show up on that call. If you expect people to be more convinced about your future than you are, you'll never reach it. So when you talk about how confident I am when I say reach the top 5% of a new industry, that's because you're right. I've developed that belief. I've, I've seen it in my mind already. Just like Disney saw, <laughs> Walt Disney saw the Disney World before you know, it ever was built. You got to, if you can build it and see it in your mind, you can see it in your life. And it comes to fruition at some point, almost like this is like a divine way of, of thinking. And you're almost, you know, partnering yourself with, um, your callings and the things that God wants you to do. And the more you think that way, the more, I don't know, like what you envision becomes reality. It's weird, man. Like, and I go back to beatboxing again. I know I say this all the time, but, um, I started beatboxing when I was nine years old and mm-hmm. I would go to bed at night picturing myself beatboxing in front of thousands of people on stage, wow. you know, and wow. at 21, 22, 23, 24 years old, like serving my mission and going to college, um, nothing really major had happened, but I was still believing that and I was yeah. still beatboxing all the time and making music videos with my friends and stuff. And then bam, a viral video, you know, which the story mm-hmm. for that, I mean, that's, we could get into that and that's a whole other episode, but, um, one day it happened, you yeah. know, and yeah. it's, it's like, now I think of my life. Okay. I love podcasting. I love speaking. If I shift my focus to just believing that I'm going to have a really top 5% podcast and I'm going to be one of the top 5% speakers, hireable speakers, even, I mean, it's the quote, even if you, uh, or even if you aim for the moon and you don't hit the moon, you're at least among the stars. I think that's how the quote goes. Mm-hmm. Um, just having those high <clears throat> visions, 
you will get there. It's like almost inevitable that it will happen for you. Absolutely. And you got to put feet to your faith. Uh, but I tell you what, <clears throat> it's really not that hard because the, the I've heard it said this way, and I don't know who made up this quote, but they said the extra mile is never crowded. And it's so true. It's never crowded, man. Um, so when you really start to put the effort to it, there, you know, everybody starts out the gate strong, man. But when you consistently, I had a, I had a, a guy who has a, a top, like he, ha, he has to be like top five podcasts. Um, Lewis, Lewis House. I'll just say his name. Okay. You know, Lewis. Yeah. Uh, the School of Greatness. <clears throat> so I was, I was on a, a group call with him. And we're doing Q&A and I get on there. And since I work with athletes, I'm like, I'm going to get him as a guest on my podcast. So I was like, hey, man, <clears throat> will you be on my podcast? And I, I told him the why and all this stuff. And I was like, this is going to happen, right? So he ignored my question. <laughs> and then and then he he went, now, this is important. This is important. I already knew it was supposed to happen in my mind. So even though he ignored it, now, now, listen, if I did not have it in my mind and I didn't have that core belief that this is supposed to happen and I was like, I don't know if he, I don't know if my podcast <laughs> big enough. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know. Like all of these limiting beliefs, the moment he ignored it, I would have never asked again. Yeah. You would have felt like weird about it. Would have felt point. rejected, defeated, failures. And then watch this. I, my belief would have started to reinforce my behavior. So instead of trying again, you know what I would say? See, I knew I wasn't good enough. See, I knew I didn't have what it takes. See, see, I don't belong. But instead, since my reality, this is so good, didn't match up with my belief, I changed my behavior. So instead of shrinking, I went in. So he answered the question and I said, man, thank you. That was really helpful. But you didn't answer my first question. I asked if you could be on my podcast. So here's what he said to me. He said, you know what? Yes. When you get to your hundredth episode. Okay. Now, originally I was upset by that because I thought it was an ego trip. I thought it was like, hey, man, you know, because dude, I hadn't even started at that point yet. <laughs> and so I thought it was an ego trip. Like I thought he was like, just like, oh, you know, he's not going to make it to 100. He's not big enough for me yet. And like, and, and so I kind of got offended. But then I was like, you know what? I get it. Because after 100 episodes, if I'm consistent, persistent, diligent, right? Then, then I'm taking this seriously. This is not a joke. It, it's actually something I'm pursuing. And so then he'll devote his time to something that I'm actually taking serious. Right. And so anyway, so he, he he's going to come on um, 100th episode. So anybody <laughs> want to schedule a podcast episode? <laughs> right. My goal, I want to, now this is just me and I probably should say this. Well, I've got issues. Okay. I'm competitive. I took that as a challenge. Number one, I took it as a challenge that he wasn't so sure if I'd make it to 100. Number two, I took it as a challenge as you think that, you know, it's going to take me 100 episodes to get to a place where I build a platform and stuff that supports where you're at. But I'm like, I'm going to do it in like less episodes. So my whole goal right now <laughs> is to get him on before the 100th episode so that I can bring him on and say, hey, remember when you promised me the 100th? Well, I found a way to get you on episode 50. I just want to let you know I'm a bad mama jamma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. I, I'm halfway serious, though. Uh, <laughs> so listen, get really clear on what you want. And, 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 I, and, I, and I'll say this. Um, don't feel guilty about what you want. This has to resonate with you. This is not the American dream. This is not what mom and dad think is important for you. This is not what friends and family think is important for you. This is not what girlfriend, boyfriend think you should do. This is what you want from your life. 
what you feel you're called to. That is huge. My mindset coach taught me that I don't know if it's because I was groomed as an athlete that I had a bad habit of including everybody in my decision-making circle, except for me. Everybody had a say, which I believe in counsel and getting advice, but their opinions weighed more than mine. Therefore, I was living my life getting vetoed. Are you living your life being vetoed? Do not sign up to be the top podcast host and have the most downloads if that's not what you want. Don't do it because it sounds sweet. Don't do it because you feel like, well, I'm in the podcast industry, so I should reach for the top. No, 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 no. If you don't want the top, don't do the top. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's not my goal for my podcast. My podcast isn't to be the top down on the top podcast, right? It's, it's just not. Now, I want to be a top 5% speaker. So I'm not going to waste energy pursuing something just to look good. So people go, oh, man, you're this great speaker, but you got like 100 downloads instead of a million. I'm like, so I didn't try. <laughs> I wasn't aiming for that goal. Do not let somebody pressure you into a purpose that you weren't called to. Awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. And, you know, before you you got into the Lewis House story, I was already kind of thinking like podcast wise, at least the numbers, uh, not specifically Lewis House, but, you know, the majority, the majority of podcasters give up before seven episodes. Give up before seven episodes. And so, and then I have seen Lewis House. He's got a video out there that says, don't start podcasting. And I think he's like pretty serious about it. And he's just like, look, if you're getting into podcasting and you don't have, you know, what it takes to really stick it out, even if you're not making any money or getting the downloads you want to get, he's like, you just shouldn't do it. It's a waste of your time. Go do something else. And he's like really adamant. So to hear your story now, knowing that about him saying, go get 100, um, one, it's almost encouraging because he believes that you're someone who's going to go get 100, you know, and that's awesome. That's true. That's a good way to look at it. He's coming on before the 100th episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love L- it. Listen, listen. <clears throat> I am so grateful that I have a TEDx platform. My book, Amazon bestseller, man, uh, shameless plug. Tomorrow at, um, um, today, today uh, can I say the date? Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, go for it. So today is Monday, November 9th. Okay. I don't know when this podcast will release, but I don't next, know why this, I'm talking this about next, this. This next Monday, yours will go Okay, out. so whatever. It's going to be too late. But tomorrow, <laughs> Tuesday, November 10th, um, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I get to go live with one of the very few people in the world who have an Amazon streaming license. I didn't even know that was a thing. Did you? No, I have no. I was just about to ask, what do you mean? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's like only rich people know like i don't know like i had no clue the guy was telling me about it and i was like yeah you know like i had no clue what it is well so so amazon um has a very select few uh streaming licenses that you have to have a certain amount of influence and success in life for them to give you this license and i i i was a guest on this guy's podcast well he had a live show and um he liked what i had to say he's like i'm gonna bring you on my Amazon. Now you have to have a product on Amazon because all you can do is sell and promote uh, Amazon products. It's like QVC for Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, man, I'm going to bring you on this to sell your book on Amazon. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Uh, I told you about Jack Canfield who endorsed my book. David Meltzer, who you know, I know. 
Um, a Michelle Patterson, a Lifetime Achievement Award from Barack Obama. Some great relationships, man. I can go on and on. Okay. Listen, this is very important. If you don't hear anything else that I say, listen to this. My mother may never write a New York Times bestseller. She may never have some big, huge platform. She may never do a TEDx stage. But it was my mother who threw herself on the hood of my car when I was getting ready to go commit suicide. Her life matters. So do not listen to us talk about the science of achievement and visualization and put yourself on a road that you're not called to, number one, and don't feel insignificant, unimportant, less valued because you're called to a different platform than somebody else. That's so important. If we can get that, my friend, I guarantee you, listen, I know millionaires and, and successful successful people. I was going to say billionaires, but I only know one billionaire. I know millionaires and successful people who are rich, successful by certain standards, but they are not walking in their purpose. They just figured out how to generate wealth. And if we could all figure out how to walk in our purpose by listening to Pastor Travis's episode, by listening to your podcast, by buying this book and applying the principles, the world would change. I'm convinced, just as sure as I am, that I'll be in the top 5% of the speaking industry. I am convinced that when we walk in our purpose, that's when the world changes. So this is not the game of comparison. This is the game of enjoying being you and pursuing the uniqueness for which you were created. I love that. And I think it's also, you know, centering yourself around humility. Um, When you, when you shared what you did about your mom, um, again, obviously I know a bit more what you mean because of the previous episode we did. And And so those who listen to that episode, they'll have more of a feel of, you know, the power that that holds what you said. Um, and she doesn't have a TEDx talk. She doesn't have the things that you've done. Um, and what I kind of got from that was for people who are pursuing their things and they have a big platform and a big audience and stuff, be humble. You know, don't let it go to your head. Don't be someone who's who's thinking you're above other people, even though they don't have that kind of a of a platform. You know, yeah. it, we're all designed to walk our purpose for a reason, for a purpose. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I've got this addiction recovery ministry at our church, man. And, and I mean, these people come from some of the worst circumstances, man. Not all of them are like broke and poor and records, but some come from like being abused, like abandoned, uh, homeless, uh, uh, you know, um, have major blemishes on their criminal record. Like their life is like on the bottom. (laughs) And I tell them, I can learn from you. I believe you can learn anything from anybody. Okay. Um, not that you should, but there's, we all have something that we're good at. In their case, survival. <laughs> yeah. So we're on the Survivor show. I, I, hey, I'm teaming up with one of my recovering addicts. I ain't taking uh, Mr. Neurosurgeon. <laughs> I'm taking this, <laughs> this guy over here who knows what it's like to eat garbage out of a trash can, you know, and, um, and survive and make life and figure out how to keep going when going gets tough and figure out how to su- survive um, and, and, and get up and wake up the next day, even though you're high from an, you know, almost potential overdose, like the, to, to, to figure out how, how to 
uh, uh, continue to invest in yourself and, and pursue sobriety, even though you were abused when you were a child and had no control over that. Like I can go on and on. I don't want to bring myself to tears, but my point is you're right. Humility is powerful. Everyone should be teachable. This is not, I have a bigger platform than you, so I can't learn from you. Now you might not can teach me how to grow my platform, but you might can teach me how to connect with somebody who's listening. Love that, man. Yeah, it was about to uh, bring me to tears a little bit. Just hit home, man. And and even, you know, this kind of thought too, you're, it, this is such a simple quote, but you don't judge a book by their cover either, you know? Like yeah. they, I mean, my I'm a pretty open and transparent person and there are still so many things that people would not know about me, you know? And like yeah. they don't know about certain things and uh, one of them, I'll share now, like I haven't really brought into my platform before. And that is like my parents' divorce and the things that like my mom's been through and the things that my dad has been through. Um, and a lot of that with what you just said about these people c- c- coming from really bad backgrounds, like my mm-hmm. dad has struggled with addiction and with being homeless and that kind of a stuff, that kind of stuff. And it's terrifying and it's, it's heartbreaking. But at the same time, it makes them no less of a person, you know, mm-hmm. and there's so much that my dad could teach people, you know, and but he gets a lot of, you know, rejection and ridicule and stuff like that. Um, there's so much. It reminds me of the Bill, the Bill Nye quote that everyone you meet knows something you don't, you know. I love it. Still and, in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Watch out everyone for Bill you Nye, meet but, knows something you don't. Come on, Bill Nye. <laughs> yeah where's he at is he he's doing podcast right we'll see <laughs> Bill um, Nye, the science guy yeah Bill, Bill, Bill. i remember that man i love that show <laughs> awesome well that's a good note to close on but i do i mean i know we've done an episode before and we've done the upbeat seat so i'll try to switch up some questions but are you cool if we run through that beat suite real quick or upbeat seat real quick of course awesome daryl what makes you upbeat fact that I have three uh, daughters. I'm married to a wife, and and my two sisters are staying with me right now. So I have to be upbeat to survive. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Who is your number one influence or inspiration? Man, you know what? For sake of the podcast, I'm going to go with Pastor Travis this time, man. Um, He's been one of the greatest voices in my life. Um, I probably still have of his quotes and I wouldn't be who I am today without him. Awesome. Love that. Um, what's something that's happened this week, or I guess recently happened to you, um, that you're proud of? I'm proud that to, to be just honest with you, man, I'm proud that, I I, I got up and decided to be productive today because <laughs> I, <laughs> last week was rough. Um, had a funeral, had to deal with and, um, you know, some things happen and, uh, I, I wanted to just hide this week. <laughs> um, <clears throat> cause when you reach a level of success and people are waiting on you to release your next episode and show up to your speaking engagement <clears throat> and bring a certain level of energy, but you feel depressed, you don't really want to deal with this. So I'm, I'm extremely um, proud of myself, um, for responding differently than I have, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago. And getting up and choosing to be productive and focusing on helping others. 
Awesome. Yeah. It comes down to saying yes, right? Like your podcast would say, just say yes, get up and go be productive. <laughs> say yes. Say yes. Okay. This one sounds a little dark. Uh, okay. And, and because of that, I, I don't use it very often, but I think you'll have a really good answer. So I think it'll be worth it. Um, if, you know, it was time for you to leave this world, if tomorrow was the last day, whatever, um, and you could only leave one piece of content, online for people to see what would that piece of content be what would the message be uh the gospel i mean because if that's all everyone's gonna matter then you know to me there's a life beyond this one we're living and so that's how we enjoy it (laughs) just (laughs) believing in the gospel not earning not uh trying to be a good person but just literally putting our faith in christ so that that would be the, the message that i would leave Awesome. I think, I think same here, man. That that's really what it boils down to. Um, okay. So favorite social media platform where people can connect with you. Uh, let's go ahead and put those handles out there. (laughs) Yeah. I've been really active on Instagram like lately. Um, so I would say let's, let's connect there at Stinson Speaks, S-T-I-N-S-O-N-S-P-E-A-K-S. Um, just hit me up, man. I talk about mental health. I talk about entrepreneurship, leadership. Sometimes uh, uh, I, I love to argue both sides of the coin. So um, a Democrat, Republican, if you want to argue, let's argue. No, just kidding. So uh, I, I love I love thought provoking conversation. So I, I think, you know, I bring a, a true transparency and uh, bringing the social back in social media. So connect with me. Stinson Speaks. Awesome. Love that. Well, you know how this goes, but I'll uh, close this out by beatboxing your name real quick. <laughs> the beatbox, the name, and I love this. like one of my favorite parts, man. Before you say that, um, I just want to share this one quote. Since you got to quote Bill Nye, okay. I'm going to quote Dr. Seuss, and I want people to, to take this. Um, this is really resonating with me. Dr. Seuss said, to the world, you may be one person, but to one person, you may be the world. And I think that's a good way to sum up this episode. <laughs> Definitely is, man. I'll Beside this beatbox, my name. Let's do it. Can I use that for my intro to like all my speeches now? <laughs> I mean, so much better than the first one, man. That was awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I got it here on, on the recording software, so I can clip it and send it to you. Let's do it, man. This is going to be like, anytime somebody introduced me, no, I don't want to hear introducing Daryl Stinson. You have to play this. <laughs> And next up on stage is Daryl. Daryl Stinson. Yeah. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. So there you have it, my interview with Daryl Stinson. Of course, we'd both love to connect with you. You can find me on the website, parkerkane.co, parkerkane.co, and Daryl on his website, darylstinson.com, D-A-R-R-Y-L-L. S-T-I-N-S-O-N, DarylStinson.com. If you enjoyed the episode or got value from this episode, which I know you did, please share it with a friend and leave an upbeat review that is always much appreciated. You guys are the best. I'll see you next week. 
This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Subscribe at parkerk.co.